Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 210 of Stream of Thought. And today, we start off with a fear of mine, acupuncture. Something I've never experienced, Victor has never experienced before. And then, what is more terrifying than going through acupuncture? Possibly getting driven off the road by a road rage motorcycle gang? We also talk about my experience with retail. My story when I went to Best Buy and Buffalo Wild Wings and how... It just really got under my skin. So that being said, episode number 210 of Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. Okay, so I know you have a short story to share, uh, but I do want to say just in regards to stress relief and pain relief and all that, uh, I want to share that for the first time ever, I went to an acupuncturist. Awesome. Today. I want to hear all about it right now. So Joe has been trying to get me to do this for the longest time. He's been, for the past couple of months, he said, there's this great guy. He does acupuncture. I've been going to him for years. I want to, like, I want to show you what the amazing things are that acupuncture can do. And like, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are. I actually kind of want to hear what your thoughts are. For me, it's like... Sticking needles in my body is not at the top of my priority list when it comes to relieving stress. I've never done it before. I don't really know that much about it. it I just know that when you when they put needles in your body, it's uh, it's really weird. It's the, it it activates like different pressure points in other parts of your body. The way that the everything is connected. I don't know science, man. They figured it out thousands of years ago. I've never had it done. I've always wanted to get it done. How many needles did they put in you? Did it hurt? Was it exciting? What were the sensations that you felt? It's a 5,000-year-old medicinal treatment, probably one of the earliest things developed by the Chinese back 5,000 years ago. And I was, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a fear of needles. It doesn't really bother me too much. But it's like, okay, if you're sticking stuff in my body, I don't want to watch it. I mean, I trust you. It's a it's a time-proven tradition that it does something positive for you. I don't know what that's going to be. Uh but the the dude that we went to uh was he was a uh, a uh, uh, Korean immigrant and he had been practicing medicine for something like 25 years um and only got his ability to like practice acupuncture in the past 7 years because the US government etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And Joe's been going to him for, I don't know, like a decade now. And he swears by him. Every time that Joe comes back from the acupuncturist, he says, I feel so relaxed and stress-free and I just want to take a nap. I like it. It's just so relaxing, all that. And so I end up going in and I don't know. I mean, the stuff that I have going on with my own body, I... I I don't know if it's, like, kosher to say this on the podcast, but I have a little bit of scoliosis, like curvature of the spine, where it, you know, it forms in a weird way. And so in the intake, he was just asking basic questions, and some of the questions was, uh, what you know, use of alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, that sort of stuff. It was like, you yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, guilty as charged. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, because uh, that's not gonna be beneficial to me or anyone else. And so, end up going into the the room, and what Joe had told me is that for him, he lays on his front, and they just stick needles, you know, all over his body on the front of his body. 
And so this guy was like, oh, turn around, we're going to go to the back. And so he goes down the spine, but he starts, before he sticks the needles in, he's feeling along the spine, and then the same thing that I hear from massage therapists, chiropractors, and anyone else who has felt my back, um, they, they go to, oh, oh yeah, oh, okay, I, I see, okay. And so, but none of them, none of the massage therapists or chiropractors that I visited have ever been able to identify exactly what's wrong. I was, I was, I was like, oh, there's something messed up there. This dude was like, oh, your spine is slightly misaligned. Like, there, there's a part where I was like, is it the upper back? No, it's not the upper back. It's the middle back where there's there's something that's just slightly curved. You just need to realign it. And it ha- half of it has to do with the, your posture. Half of it has to do with the fact that you haven't taken care of this in a long time. And so then the way that he puts the needles in my back, you know, I don't really feel it too much. Uh, it, it's just kind of a little pinprick. And... I'm facing down because I don't want to look at it. And uh, as, you know, that lasts for, I didn't expect this because Joe, Joe told me that it was going to be only an hour long session. So after 45 minutes, I'm laying there on my back with needles in my back and just like, uh, okay, what's going to happen? Is there, I'm not feeling anything, anything like that. And then he comes in, takes the needles out. He's like, oh, turn around to your front. And I'm like, wait, I'm sorry, what? But my back is kind of feeling like 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 somebody put icy hot on it. It's like the 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 numbing sensation, if that makes sense. Right. Right. But how many about how many needles did he put in your back? Four. You know? Four on each side. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like a thousand. Oh God! Crazy like no, that. no. And so he... he puts four on each side. But did you feel it when he put it in your back? And what did that feel like? It was just a tiny little prick. Was there a little bit of pain, or you just? barely felt it or what yeah no it was it was a little bit of a prick i was wondering if i moved around too much because you know trying to like you know your arms your arms are up and so you it my arms it's are kind uncomfortable of it's, you kind of need to move, you gotta your move around, around and i was like i don't i don't want to do anything that's going to like disrupt the the whole acupuncture treatment or anything like that uh, but got through that, and so it was. It, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't painful. I mean, the the momentary like pincer feel. It felt like I just got you know stung by a bee or something like that. But it wasn't a lasting feeling. But then he takes the needles out and he tells you to turn on your back. Yes, and so I'm. And laying... at that point, after the needles were removed, shortly thereafter, you started to feel the icy hot sensation. Yes, that, and I was like, oh, that's so fascinating. And he asked me too, like, what are you feeling? And the weird thing, too, so two things. Uh, one, he kept checking my pulse to say, like, I don't know what he was searching for. Uh, but then he also asked me to stick up my tongue probably about, like, half a dozen times over the course of this time. Where, like, let me see your tongue. Because apparently when toxins are released, it changes the color of your tongue. And so he wanted to see what that process was looking like as we were going on because this was my first time. And so... Uh, I'm laying on my back. It's like, oh no, there's more. And, uh, then, oh boy, I don't, I don't even know how to feel about this at this point where like, oh, there's more needles coming, aren't there? And there were, there were so many more needles coming. So he put one in between my big toe and my second to 
right toe, like just stuck it in there. That hurt. Then he stuck one in my joint between, on my, like right by my kneecap. That mm-hmm. hurt. Then the worst one in the palm of the hand. He stuck one right in the palm of the hand where I'm actually pretty sensitive to that. And I like, I'm still feeling the pain from that right now. And then, and then the last one, I didn't flinch this entire time, by the way, I have to say I was very brave. (laughs) Then the last one, guess where he stuck it? On your tongue? On my forehead. Oh, interesting. That's when I flinched because my eyes were closed the entire time. I was like, I'm not going to look at this. I'm not going to look at this. I'm not going to look at this. And he's like, oh, just one more. I open my eyes. <laughs> right here, right, <laughs> right between the eyes. All righty uh, then. Yeah. And so, and then, and then I was there for another half an hour or whatever. It's just like, let it go. You know, all that. Um, afterwards though, he took it out. It is weird though. My, my palm still kind of is is a little irritated from that i like i'm feeling the pain from it uh overall though i felt after i left just light i mean he took he took it all out he did he did kind of like a a general massage of the areas that it was uh that the needles went in it's like oh okay this is this is a weird feeling it it felt different from a massage where you just feel like totally loose and relaxed this was more i just feel light i mean everything about my body and everything was uh just good feeling so yeah it was overall um i uh, uh joe already committed me to going back next week because he has a weekly i was gonna appointment. ask when's your next appointment uh, next week, I, Joe, and, and I, I had no say in the matter too. Joe's like, Oh, Rick's is, so I'm out of town, but Rick's is going to come in and he's going to, you know, he's going to take my spot for next week. It's like, Oh, cool. All right, cool. More pain, nice. more pain. But overall, I don't know. It was, it was, it was such a unique experience. I, I don't know quite yet how to describe it, but it was kind of in that ethereal realm of new sensations that you experience when you do something like that that's exciting you have to tell me how you feel as these uh, next days go by maybe you have a little bit of a, a ripple effect where the next few days you feel something else but that's cool i'm actually very surprised that you followed through with that me too. i'm very proud of you <laughs> thanks man uh so I have a couple of things that happened to me and the first I'll share, I was at Best Buy a few days ago because I needed to connect another monitor to my computer and I really don't, you know, my knowledge of computers doesn't really go beyond RAM, hard drive, and like a few cables, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so... I'm learning about graphics cards and why, or and how some monitors you can connect for up to four monitors, and some you can only connect one. And I had this splitter and HDMI and USB and C USB and adapters and all this other shit. And I'm like, I just need to go talk to somebody about this. I'm done looking at stuff on the computer. So I go in and I bring in my computer, and my question is, this computer. I can only connect one monitor. Well, I can connect two of them, but they're duplicates. I need them to be different. I need it to be as if the two monitors are are one large extra monitor, 
right? Because I can do that currently with my laptop and just the one extra monitor, but I wanted two of them. And again, they show up as duplicate and the computer only reads it as one monitor, right? So the computer only reads it as one extra monitor, which is why it's a duplicate and I can't separate. Anyway, I'm trying to go in to figure out like what I need to do so that I can get it to the, to the specs I need to. And I go in there and the first person, of course, troubleshoots the basic stuff that I've already troubleshooted. She doesn't really know what to do. And so she calls someone else over and that guy like doesn't know what to do. And so this guy then is like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can connect one into the HDMI and you can connect one into the I, – I think it should work for the USB-C. Um, yeah, you might want to try it. It's like, dude, I need a fucking answer. That's what I came here for. I came here for an answer, one way or another, uh, right? Am I at a roadblock or is there a detour I can take to fix this? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you turn around. Like, that's the – right? Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. And so – and so I was like, what the fuck? I walk out of there. just like, I cannot believe that. I cannot believe two ding-dongs are working in the department. Like, you would think that in every department, there's at least one person that knows what they're talking about. I just happen to walk in on the wrong shift. There's got to be at least one person in every department at some uh, point in the day that knows what they're talking about. But well, just... if it's – yeah, no. If, it, if, it's, if it's a chain store – I mean, the the answer is always going to be 50-50. Legit. Right. But I walked out of there just like, all right, well, guess I'm on my own. And I just – and I was, I was just shaking my head and like, yep, another reason why I just can't stand retail. Shit like this. And another thing that happened that was yesterday – or I was actually a couple of days ago, I go to this event across the street at the Roosevelt Hotel – Roosevelt eh, – I go across the street at the Roosevelt Hotel, and we're on the rooftop, and we're hanging out, and then we decided to uh, – this is Kyle and I – and then we decided to get you know something to eat. So we go to Buffalo Wild Wings, which is just right at the corner from where I live. And when I would pick up from Postmates from there, after a while, I wouldn't pick up because sometimes the orders just take forever, and you can tell they don't really have their shit together, and they're understaffed, and they're kind of like rushing, and then – uh, you know, and that was when it was takeout only, and then that patio opens up, and so you have more people showing, and so then you have that aspect, that variable enters the equation. Bottom line, every time I've usually gone there to pick up food that I ordered online, or I'm there picking up delivery for Postmates, the the feeling I get in the atmosphere is uh, unorganization, right? There, it's just or. or they're understaffed, overwhelmed, you know, not really knowing what they're doing. Anyway, Kyle and I walk in there, and the whole dining room is open, and they're like, oh, you can go sit at the bar. And, of course, the bar is full, but sometimes, you know, at restaurants, they have the high-top tables next to the bar. In that situation, typically the bartender comes around the bar to take your order, right? But I already knew that they were busy and they didn't have enough people because I could just feel that in the air on a Sunday night at 9 o'clock in the evening, right? And so I'm getting upset because I'm hungry and I want to eat and I already know what's going to happen. And so we get up and we leave and we had gotten something else. Anyway, the next day, which was yesterday, I am hungry. I don't feel like making food. I was like, oh, I'll get 
Buffalo Wild Wings because they have a really great deal. Ten boneless wings and French fries after tax is $11. And so I, I've gotten that a few times, and I've always been happy with it every, every time I get it. But this time I had, I had a feeling because when you order online, typically it'll say it'll be ready within 20 to 25 minutes. This time it says it'll be ready in 45 minutes. Okay, I get it. You know, they're probably busier now because the dining room is open and it is around dinner time and people are always ordering food all the time, right? And so I go there and I pick it up. I come back. It's right down the street. I come back and I'm just like, this is fucking disgusting. The french fries were stale and like semi-warm and they only ate, they only gave me eight nuggets or nuggets they only gave me eight wings eight boneless wings eight boneless wings and the french fries tasted like they were at bottom of the barrel and so i'm just like hell no i was pretty pissed so i go in there and i'm not yelling at anybody but i was i let them know hey guys i, I can't take this it needs to be remade because I told them I only got eight wings and the french fries were gross. And he goes, oh, okay, you know, we're so sorry about that. We'll remake it right now. Go ahead and grab yourself a non-alcoholic beverage from the cooler. We're sorry about this. I'm like, okay, cool. Awesome. Grab a Gatorade. I'm wait- I wait only a few minutes and they bring me the food back. And I walk back and it's so hot and fresh and delicious, right? So just that mix-up. But I had a feeling – oh, and also the ticket when they gave me the food when I went there the first time – the ticket said 6.25, time elapsed, 10 minutes. I put the order in like at 6.13, 6.15 because I get an email confirmation. And it tells you on the webpage, you can refresh, order, order confirmed, in the process being made, ready, right? It says it will be ready at 7 p.m. And there's no in-between text message like your food is ready now. So I go there at 7 p.m. I pick it up. The ticket said 625. So my order went in at 615. It was ready 10 minutes later. It was sitting in the warmer for 35 minutes before I came to pick it up because it said it would be ready at 7 o'clock. And in my experience, it's always ready when it says it will. But it was just like, God damn it. And I always go there because it's a great price for a great amount of food. It's fair. All these other places on Hollywood Boulevard are so fucking expensive because it's, it's all just tourism. With the exception of McDonald's, right? McDonald's has pretty standard prices. But McDonald's finally opened up a, co- a few months ago because it was closed from the pandemic. So Buffalo Wild Wings would be my go-to spot sometimes. Anyway, enough of me venting about all this. I had a feeling it was going to be my last time. And you know what? It probably will be. And it's unfortunate because every now and then I like to get wings with uh, the Caribbean jerk sauce or garlic or mango habanero. And when I walked into, you could just tell just, I don't even know if this, I don't think this is even a real word, but I'm going to make it up. Just patheticism that was in the air, (laughs) right? Because you can feel other than the kids who are in high school or in college, the college age, the guy that was working there, the manager, right? He's probably late thirties, early forties, like just fucking hates his job. You can tell, right? And you, you can immediately feel that when you're talking to someone and you're just like, man, I am so happy that I am not letting my life go in this direction. Bro. Okay. All retail. The, so the thing that I'm kind of curious about and something that I've never had the courage to actually do is to take food back. 
Like, that is something... I don't know if you do that. Like, uh, like when, when food it's is... It's very rare. It is extremely subpar, rare. Right? Like, there there is a threshold. And I have experienced some very subpar food. I've never had the courage to actually go back and say, remake this. This is, this is totally unacceptable. I, like, what I... I don't know. I, and I, I was I so this, pissed this too. I was so pissed too because I was walking down the street. I was hungry. I waited 45 minutes for this, right? I was like feeling sick. I didn't want to make food. I was really looking forward to it. And I almost wanted to say, I want my money back and you're going to remake this for me, right? But if I just get my money back, then I don't eat. But if they remake it, I, I'm thinking, could this be another 20 minute, 30 minute wait? Luckily, it was less than five minutes. I was so happy about that. But it was very upsetting. And I was just – I was very disappointed. But then again, it's a franchise. And you know what else I was thinking? Because I walk in, right, and there – someone in line was taking the order and all this other shit like, oh, what do you want? Do you want this or what? Uh, uh. Like, dude, I cannot stress enough. And I had a fucking mental breakdown the other day, dude. Like, I don't know – what other people are thinking in their heads, but I just am so fucking tired, dude, of just having to to ebb and flow with the masses. Like, fuck Buffalo Wild Wings, Arby's, Chili's, Ruby Tuesday, Best Buy, going to the fucking grocery store, all this other dumb shit, dude. I'm just so ready and I cannot wait to just have hire people to do shit for me and then just go to restaurants that are super fucking expensive where you most likely don't deal with, you know, dumb shit like that. Dude. Well, well, I mean, and, and too, I mean, if you don't give a shit and somebody comes in and complains about the order, I mean, like, I... It, it it it's like the does not compute kind of thing. It's like we yeah. gave you your food, like just move on. And so the closest experience that I had to like something negative when it comes to a restaurant or a, a chain place was I was going out with a former parishioner a couple of months ago back when I was in Chicago. And we had gone to a place that we had gone to before for lunch. Uh, I forget exactly what the location was called, but... We ended up, you know, I ended up getting basically the same thing that I'd gotten before. And it was more or less kind of a, a burger with fries. And so it came out, the burger was cold, the fries were sloppy, and I was just like, this is so gross right now. Like, there is nothing appetizing about this. I, I ate it, I was like, who, like, it felt like they didn't care. And so my response, as opposed to sending it back to the chef or anything like that, because um, I'm... I, I've never done that before, so I, I don't know. I kind of have an aversion to to conflict in those moments. Um, I responded on Yelp. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done that before. I've never but, done that because I'm not a jackass like that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but I wow. I've done it. Maybe okay. no, no, no. You're you're you. I know you that you would not slander the name of whatever the company is you like just based on or wait did you you did oh my goodness i can just tell by looking at your face because you didn't you tell me that one time when you you left a review on yelp for the computer company i got all excited one star review but you were very professional and courteous and it was not anything exciting for me to read so this time around 
were you crazy? Did you have a meltdown on Yelp, or were you professional on Yelp? I was, I was professional. I because dude, okay. I mean, okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. So then, you're not a jackass. Don't continue, right? Because <laughs> anybody who says incendiary things, like not understanding the fact that you know it could be the it could be the cook, it could be you know the the chef in charge of everything, whatever the case is, right? Uh, so, but but I said it like ultimately, like at the very end, this was very disappointing. I don't think I will return. Like that was that was the summation of my experience, and. Lo and behold, to my surprise, I end up getting a private message on Yelp from the owner of that company saying, we are so sorry, Ricks, we are so sorry for the experience that you had. Uh, we have passed this on to our staff and, uh, and chefs, and we, we just, you know, want, want to be able to, um, serve you in the best way that is possible. Uh, we're, we're sorry that you had a really bad experience and, and this all will be taken into account. Um, we hope that you reconsider being able to visit to us. And this, this wasn't public either. This was like the Yelp, my Yelp review was, was public and I gave it what, like a two star or something like that. I can't Mm -hmm. even give it a one star, right? Like that's, that's the, that's the spirit of my, you know, generosity is that I'm not going to give it a one star because it was edible. I ate it. Right. Uh, but then they reached out and said, uh, I was like, oh, wow. Cause it was a, it was like a super personalized message. They clearly read my review and kind of responded point by point, not defending themselves, but saying, we're sorry. We're sorry. Like in, in various different ways. It's like, okay, so it's clearly an owner that cares about the business, and I don't want to do anything that kind of further hurts somebody who, like, just wants to make, you know, a good business. It, it's not a it's not a chain restaurant, so that's a, that's a little different, but, bro, I, I don't know. I, 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 feel, I feel mixed. I still don't think I'm going to go back to that restaurant, but... Well, here's, here's what I'll tell you. Uh, first, congratulations for not blowing up on Yelp. I've never – I think I've want, left maybe one or two reviews on Yelp that were a negative experience, but I didn't go crazy only because it's Yelp and you know, you know the, the cliche thing to do would be to uh, look like a jackass. Right. And you have to put your name on it, right? Well, half the time these people are f- so fucking crazy – they don't care that their name like is they, on it. Or they didn't, a lot of these they didn't give me a anonymous. napkin. They didn't give me a napkin. Right, and right. so, so one, one star. Yeah. But also that's why my experience at Buffalo Wild is like, okay, I know these things happen. I know these things happen. And sometimes it's a one-off experience. But it a series of events has proven to me that it is unreliable to go to. But I remember when I was working at Reserve 22, the chef was saying – the importance of the first impression when going to a restaurant. And I don't remember the exact statistics, but if someone goes to a restaurant for the first time and they have a positive experience, you know, let's just say, and I don't know what it is, but I'm just making this up. Let's just say they have, you know, an 80% chance. It's something, it's like somewhere up there. That's why I'm making this up. That's what, that's the point I'm trying to prove. I don't, I prove, I don't know the exact number, but something like that, like they have a very strong chance of returning. And when they, and then when they come back that second time, if it's still, a great experience, they have an even better chance of returning a third time. And if the third time it's a still a great experience, that person will mo- most likely be a frequent customer coming into your establishment. Um, 
the, and so yeah, just because it's a negative experience, it doesn't mean that it's like that all the time. But the importance of the very first experience is so critical. And and this is kind of my problem with Yelp too. Is I ask myself, how many people leave a review when it's a good experience, not a, not a spectacular experience, not a horrible experience, just it's a good experience. And hey, I'm gonna come back here again. How many people actually leave a review saying, hey? Good experience. I'm coming back. Like, people don't do that. And so, you know... And, and I like that's... to do that for businesses that are small when they say when I'm leaving, regardless of what it is, you know, hey, would you mind leaving a review on Yelp? And you can tell that the business, like, it's it's that guy's livelihood or that person's livelihood. It's like, yes. absolutely, I'll help. I'll I'll give you something positive. Right. But it's, it's all about the intentionality of if you don't know to do that, then, you know, it's kind of... It's either a phenomenal experience where you had literally the best meal of your life and you're, you just have to, to rant and rave about it, or it's the worst experience of your life and you have to rant and rave about that. There's no kind of like middle ground where, this, yeah, no, this is a good place to go. Like, solid place. You should check it out kind right. of thing. People don't do that too much. I have to ask you a question. I had a small experience in, when I was at the park and I just... I want to know what would you do in this situation and what do you think I did in this situation? So I'm sitting at the park and I'm at a table and I'm reading and there's a bunch of kids running around and, you know, it's a wonderful day in the park. People reading, hanging out, walking. And all of a sudden I feel this, uh, I feel like something wet on my back, hitting my back. And I turn around and it's like these three kids whose cumulative age could not have been more than, you know, 15 or 20. Like all these little, these three little kids, you know, five, seven, eight or something like that. And, um, and they're shooting me with like these little water pistols, not like the super soaker, not like the pump action super soaker, but like the little ones, the, the little handheld ones. And so what would you do in that situation? I was sitting there reading and what do you think I did in that situation? So they weren't on skates, were they? They were just walking. No, 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 no. I'm just at the park. I'm sitting at a table. They're little kids. So if you're at the park and you're reading and all of a sudden these little kids come up and shoot you with water. And it's not like a ton of water. It's just it just hits you in the back a few times and you don't you won't even know that you're wet after you realize after you notice you got hit. Okay, so so. You say that, and my my initial inclination is one of rage. Um, <laughs> not, not like I, it's not like I would tackle the kid or anything like that. Um, but you would be upset. You'd be very upset, wondering where their parents were I, and how I they could be, let this happen. I, w- I would be. Um, I would be finding a way, like, if I had a water bottle near me, I would go over and make sure that I poured it over one of their heads. Like, So you would react in a malicious manner? Yes. Uh, well, like, like in my, okay, in, okay, in, I have in my, my answer in my mind, in my mind. Okay, that's yeah. So, how do you think I I reacted? Oh God, you, um, you would have gotten up, you would have confronted them, and you would have tried to dialogue with them in some form or another. Nope, you are. 100% wrong. Good. I'm glad because I was hoping that would be the answer. <laughs> I smiled and I wished that I had a water pistol so I could shoot back and play with them. 
I was happy. I thought it was funny. And what was the outcome? I just smiled at them, and then they turned around and they ran away. Like that was it. They they yeah, were that they... was it. Yeah, that was it. They were I they they shot a few more times after I turned and I smiled at them. They kept shooting a few more times and then they turned around and they ran away. But I wish that I had a pistol so I could shoot him back and and play with them. Wow. Okay, so I think I think you taught me something in this moment. I think that's wow. I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little taken aback by that. Like you're you're yeah. you're well, I mean you're not a rage monster. So no, but, but, only when but, I'm driving. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, when it comes to kids, though, yeah. Oh, that's so fascinating. And then uh, this is this will probably be the the last thing I'm guessing. But just another thing. Uh, did you notice anything about me today? Well, I know that you you chopped your hair off a couple of inches on the side. I got a haircut. Oh, but you you can't tell. But it's a lot shorter on the sides. It's it's faded, so it's a lot shorter, which is nice because it's been getting warmer outside. I was wondering about but that. I just wanted to say that because I know we talked about your haircut last week, but yeah, I'm really happy with this haircut. Super happy. Seriously? Awesome. Okay. Yeah. No, it uh, well, you have a very <laughs> sl- you have a very slender face, so you know, good for you. Um I will yeah. say just on a final note of uh just interesting experiences. So uh Joe and I had a baptism this past weekend and we were heading back and this is something that probably was the most adrenaline inducing terrifying experience that I have ever had on the road as we were driving on the expressway there on the on-ramp suddenly out of the blue 50 motorcycles were pouring down like just motorcycle after motorcycle and what they did is they cut in front of all the traffic that was going like 65 miles an hour and all the cars were just like came to like like screeched to a halt or like tried to like avoid hitting each other and uh, like it was it was uh, they were you know no helmets tattoos all over their bodies and stuff like that it was clearly a motorcycle game they were the real deal it was and then and then you had a couple of them who were like in front who had their blinkers on and saying stop all traffic or something like that and they were trying to shut down the freeway and so joe being the cop that he is navigated around this mess of cars that had kind of like ground to a halt and we got around them and then we kept driving and it was a straight line and it was no cars followed us behind they fucking this motorcycle gang shut down the entire freeway like it was it was Absolutely, and we were dressed in clerical gear too, and they almost ran us off the road. And they were not afraid to do that. They were not afraid to like risk their own lives to make a point. And I like for the next five minutes, I'm just sitting there with my hands <laughs> like like gripping the side of the car, and I'm just trying to breathe. I'm just. <sighs> 
And how is Joe? What's his composure like? Just another day in New Jersey? Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what his response was. I was like, how can you, how, how in the world can you act so calm to this? He's like, you know, that's, that's, that's my police training for 30 years, right? You know, you know, you, you recognize the situation, you identify it, like, we're not going to be confrontational. We're going to get out of this fucking shit show that's about to happen. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Like, I was so, like, we were literally six inches. He slammed on the brakes six inches from another car. Otherwise, it would have been a pileup. If he hit that car, car behind us would have hit, car behind, like, it would have been a fucking pileup. And these dudes, like, these fucking motorcycle jackasses were just doing their thing like they wanted to prove a point or whatever the case was but there was like 50 of them they just poured down and just commandeered the entire expressway it's like oh my god but so when they came onto the expressway well like first of all what did father joe say did had he recognize that is that something that happens sometimes did he have any input uh, he said, he said, so apparently that's been something that motorcycle gangs have been doing in New Jersey. They've been trying to shut down expressways and freeways, um, by just like instantaneously, like coming down and just blocking everything and just stopping their motorcycles. And they don't care if they run people off the roads. They don't care if people die. They don't care if there's car crashes. They don't care if there's fatal injuries, anything like that. They're just, you know, they're, they're they're monsters like in in no you know no in every sense of the word they're just they're just wild a wild pack of motorcyclists they're they're animals they're fucking animals and i i i saw that for the first time and i just thought to myself oh my god thank god joe knew how to navigate around that because all the cars that we ended up navigating around because it was it was one of those things it was a four-lane expressway and so all the cars kind of, like, tried to... Because they just cut in front. And so all these cars were going this way, that way, that way. And, like, screeching to a halt. And, and then all Joe, these cars have no idea what's happening because they enter from the on-ramp. So they just all of a sudden just... All of a sudden they're just totally out there. They're just unexpected. there. They just appear out of nowhere. They're, and when they stop, and, do they and stop they, their bikes for what? Like, it was like 30 seconds, just enough to, to stop, like, the first few rows of cars that would then cause a domino effect or they sit there for like 10 or 15 minutes and then take off like what has joe said or anything regarding that that action he said basically they they sit there and any car that tries to pass they will surround break in windows shove the cars off the road stuff like that they're they have no fear of the law because apparently police in that particular area of new jersey don't enforce you know like are not present in those moments there's a political reason why they're not enforcing that type of uh that type of but yeah no activity like if if they had if they had managed to cross all four lanes and blocked it off and joe tried to go around there would be a group of motorcycles that he said that that would follow the car and just beat in the windows and crash the car, like find any way possible to crash the car. They wouldn't care it. if it killed the person or anything like that. So if there's some cars that get through while they're still solidifying their line of defense, they just let them go. But once the line is established, if a car breaks free, they chase them. And and will no prisoners like and it's, and when it's you guys got through. When you guys got through, how many seconds after that did they 
uh, officially close the highway? Like you were the last car through, or what happened? How was it? We we were the last car through. We because it was a straight line too, and so you know, in the in the hills and valleys, we could see miles and miles behind us. There was not a single car behind us. But do you think if you guys broke through and then motorcycles were chasing you, do you think Father Joe would have just pulled his connections, called someone at the police department, and and cars would have shown up like a personal escort or something like that that would have uh, deterred deterred them from continuing to chase you? I, I think he would have gone into defensive driving mode and probably would have knocked them off their fucking bikes, to be perfectly honest. Like... He, like, he's a very, very good driver. And he has, like, police insignia all over his car, too. And so, like, if they had tried that... And we were we were both wearing clergy gear, too. And so if they wanted to assault clergy policemen, like, bro. Like, not, not a wise choice. So I, I think we probably could have gotten away regardless. But it was, like literally the most terrifying experience on the road that i have ever had in my entire <laughs> life no joke dude man i wish i could have i you know i wish i could have seen a video like if if father joe kind of like how the uber drivers have they have a mini cam constantly rolling right sometimes uh semi truck drivers will have it or mo- motorcyclists on the top of their helmet if i could have some type of video audio feed of this that would be and, that would have been amazing. And, and honestly, I, I was furious. I was so angry. I'm like, we are dressed, at, like, we are priests, and you are doing this to us. Like, you are trying to run us off the road right now. Like, what? who the fuck do you think you are? Who the fuck? <laughs> breaking the law, think- breaking the law, uh-uh, breaking the law. <laughs> God will be the judge of your soul. Like, motherfuckers, <laughs> don't even. That was perfect. I loved it. That was so funny. Thanks for listening to 210. Until next time. Until next time.